WA's elite athletes on the podium. Joining us now is a gold medalist, athlete and coach who has had a love of sailing from a young age. Tessa Parkinson was only eight years old when she began sailing at the Fremantle Sailing Club and was competing by the age of 11. Tessa, thanks for joining us on Let's Go Tokyo. No, thanks for having me. And so firstly, let's talk about Aussie Matt Wern over there. How have you found his performance so far? Oh, I think outstanding, really. I mean, he had a really... The conditions have been really variable. So the first day of his racing saw really shifty, really difficult up and down um, conditions. And the result cards across all the top players were were really high. So his first score, I think, was a 27th, which was, you know, right down on the order. And then to bounce back from that and now be leading over overall, I think, is just phenomenal, even from a mental perspective, to be able to make that shift and really refocus and, and keep on the game and, and not get down. So, yeah, amazing performance now to be leading overall with only two more races to go and then the medal race. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the conditions because we know they played havoc on the rowing. Uh, rough waters are a nightmare for rowers. How does it impact the sailing uh, to have such variable conditions and probably, well, you obviously want wind, but is it possible to have too much wind? Yeah, definitely possible to have too much wind and there's, big waves over there, a bit like what we've got in Perth today. <laughs> but the wave state yesterday was making the sailing really, really challenging, even for the skiff classes, especially to get around the course. But it's quite a challenge to be really strong across across a range of different conditions. So from the really light wind to the heavy wind to the wavy state, most people have a, um, a special condition, I guess, that they're strong at performing in. And, you know, most teams come from Perth are always good in the strong wind because it's generally pretty pretty rough off um you know Perth's one of the windiest cities in the world so it's a it is a challenge to be really strong across the board and you know Matt's performance now in the lighter breeze has yeah he's been been winning races so pretty phenomenal Absolutely. We'll uh, touch on Matt Wern again in just a moment, but the women's 470, you know, Monique uh, DeVries and Nia Sherwood, uh, this is uh, right in your wheelhouse, of course, with what happens in sailing. Uh, how have you assessed what, what's going on with them so far? Oh, look, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing to have a team from Perth in the women's 470, and it's been Nia and Monique's dream for, gosh, since I was growing up sailing to, to go to the Olympics, and I think you know, they've made a great effort in, in, in getting selected and they've had some really solid races and it's still early days. I was just watching before, I think their fifth race is live at the moment and they're currently sitting in 11th. So as I said before, a lot of the results are really, really varied and quite high points. So if they can have a few, another few good results, we could easily see them um, move up the rankings. And Australia has done pretty well in the sailing previously. We've picked up medals at various Olympics. Why do you think this is something that uh, we do okay at? Um, I think oh, it's, a, it's, it's a really good question. And I was actually listening on the radio this morning and they were talking about the the swimming and, and I was hoping that they'd mention the sailing because I know we haven't won a gold medal yet, but the sailing is very unique in the fact that it goes over such a long time frame sort of 10 days for each each event so it does take a while for the gold medals to come through they're not through at the beginning but I think um in the, in the I guess history of sailing in Australia we've had a really good transfer of knowledge um Belinda Stoll is the waste 
head head coach here, um, silver um, sorry gold medalist from Sydney, and she's been working really hard with Nia and Monique, transferring that knowledge in the 470 um, onto them, and even helped Elise and I when we competed and won gold in. 2008 so the knowledge transfer i think in the country is really strong which help which helps a lot and i guess you can see see the dream from a young age that it is possible and um, really good good mentors to keep passing that knowledge down tessa 13 years since that magical moment for you in beijing uh now you look at the Olympic Games in Tokyo. Do those emotions in part come flooding back to you and the memories just uh, rekindled by what you're seeing at the moment? Yeah, definitely. I was watching the opening ceremony and just to see, you know, it's just a it's a really special experience. And I think now, you know, you can appreciate just how much work every individual athlete's put in over so many years to be able to to be there and you know be at the top of their game and be in such strong shape to be able to have that chance at getting a top result so to be in that position is is something really special and you know it it doesn't happen overnight it's a a huge dedication of hours of hours of work that that gets them there so no look really really proud of them and I'm so glad the Olympics is going ahead and that we've got strong representation from Australia. It's a, it's really special. Well, strong representation is the word. We've been fantastic so far this Games. Going back to Beijing, we won 14 gold, if memory serves me correct. Do you think we'll beat it in Tokyo? Well, the yeah, swimming team have been really strong, haven't they, which is which is outstanding um, and I'm sure we'll get some medals in the sailing. So, yeah, there's every, there's every chance that that we we can for sure. Um, now, going back just to that partnership with uh, Elise Rikichi back uh, in 2008, I think I've asked you this before, Tessa, about on the water and there's going to be moments where you are on the same page and some when you're not on the same page. Um, how... How fraught is it at times in the heat of competition to keep a cool head with someone you respect and your teammate, but also to make sure you're both working for the common good in the right direction? Yeah, look, a lot of it comes down to teamwork and a two-person partnership is, you know, is very special because there's a lot of independence, but you're also a team. But by the time you're competing at the Olympics, you know, especially with sailing, the amount of travel that's involved, you've... You know, you've travelled the world for sort of at least four years together. It's almost, you know, doing everything together, living together, campaigning together, working together. Um, so the amount of competition and the amount of time you've spent together before the Olympics starts is, you know, you don't get to be in that position unless you're a really solid solid partnership um which can work in your favour once you start competing you know you know each other so well that you can really back each other up and if someone's you know not quite feeling you know up to up to speed you can kind of cover for that a little bit so um no we I was very lucky with Elise we had a really strong really good partnership um which is one of the reasons why i think we're so successful and i know the girls Nia and Monique also have a really strong partnership and have spent a lot of time together and um so i think it'd be something that would work in their favor rather than upsetting them to be honest we're speaking to olympic gold medalist tessa parkinson her sailing history and appropriately it's front and center 
in Tokyo at the moment as, as part of our Let's Go Tokyo podcast. Yeah, Tessa, I've got to ask you, we heard in the rowing that uh, the conditions were so rough that people were falling out of the boats. Does that ever happen in sailing? Yeah, definitely. It's boats capsize, which is when they tip in and they flip over and it's a pretty big disaster because it takes a while to get the boat back upright. But especially in there's the 49er and the 49er FX and the NACRA, which are the skiff skiff classes, which are really high speeds and it's really easy, especially when the waves stay, it's really high for them to run into the back of a wave when they've got the spinnaker up and and flip the boat over and and fall out and I was even watching one of the 49er races and the um, Italians who won the race as they were going across the finish line the skipper got wiped out by a big wave so (laughs) it definitely definitely happens and it's all part of it Uh, it's how you recover that gets you back in the game absolutely Tessa and you must be peeved at times when the only vision that is shown on the news at night is when the boat capsizes (laughs) or someone goes overboard which uh, I guess is uh, par for course now you you, you talk about some of the uh, the nuances and some of the terminology of sailing uh, and of course like most uh, for every couple of weeks every four years there's uh, people trying to watch and learn how intricate is it you mentioned the skiff and you mentioned different elements um, can you break it down to us in a nutshell in 30 seconds about uh, what is the most important part of if that something goes right or wrong when you're competing in terms of uh, the vessel you're on well you have 10 to 12 races and you get to drop your two worst scores So that works in your favour. You can sail with a higher element of risk because if you've got a high score like Matt Wern, for example, in the laser, he'll be able to drop his first race score and then over the competition, the lowest points wins. And is that a score based on where you finish? Yes. Yep. 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 So it's the lowest point scoring. So if you finish second, you get two, two points and you carry all of your points through your 10 or 12 races and then you get to drop your two worst scores so your two highest scores yeah right and then and how many different classes of vessel are we talking about at the olympics and there's 10 different disciplines oh wow yeah and is that and so you would it's not like swimming where maybe you do freestyle maybe do backstroke maybe do the medley do you it's all specialists is that correct yeah, it's, it's very much the same. And the only unique thing with sailing is you can only compete in one event. Mm. So in swimming, you know, you can do the relay and you can do the 100 metres, whereas in sailing, it's you just sail the 49er skiff class or like Matt Wern, you're just competing in the laser event. But it's very much the same to swimming a different stroke. And yeah. so who are, the, who are the big countries in sailing? Um, Australia does really well for our population for sure. Um, Great Britain is very, very strong in their sailing. I'd say they're probably number number one. A lot of the European countries are also very strong, like um, Italy especially is right right up there. Um, mm. America does quite well. So it's different in each event. Some countries are very specialist. Brazil has been really strong over a number of classes. You might have heard of Robert Scheidt, who's currently competing in the laser against Matt Wern. He's one of the, I guess, most famous all-time sailors. I couldn't forget a name like that. Two silver. Yeah, so Brazil, definitely a very strong sailing nation. Yeah, wow. And, and so what's what's your outlook? If we had to put you on the spot and say, how many medals are we going to take out of the sailing at, in uh, Tokyo? What would you say? I would say at least three. Ooh. How but many of them are going to be, how many of them are going to be yellow? Because I know 
when you're competing yourself, you just want to keep in the moment and keep focusing on each event and not think of that end result. Um, so I guess I still think like that myself when I'm watching it. Um, but the men's 470 and Matt Wern in the laser looking very strong. The NACRA has had some great performances. The 49er boys, Sam and Will Phillips from Melbourne are sailing extremely well and doing really well in the strong strong winds. Um, they're one to watch. So we've got some uh, some live chances and some very good chances. Three medals, Tessas. We're going to put it on the front page of the West tomorrow, your uh, starting <laughs> prediction, uh, Tess. Don't worry. It's only just a prognostication. We're not putting your, that's what we call opinions. And if there's three medals out of sailing, and hopefully Matty Wern, probably the best chance to win gold, that would be a, a terrific result. And as we said, uh, one thing we're not sure about over there in Tokyo with uh, typhoons and earthquakes and uh, who knows what, uh, the conditions can vary very quickly. So it'll take, as you said, throughout this uh, interview uh, a real mental and uh, physical ability to adapt to the conditions when they arrive oh exactly i remember in china when we were competing we had a reserve day before our medal race day and all we had to do in the medal race was not finish last and i watched the men's racing on our reserve day and it was the most extreme conditions i've ever watched racing in with the waves and there's still a lot of footage on it and I remember thinking wow it's not over till it's over anything can happen here I wonder what we're going to get tomorrow so you're right it is a yeah very vulnerable place in terms of conditions which which makes it really exciting to watch as well yeah very exciting and so variable depending on the conditions things you have no control over as an athlete Olympic gold medalist Tessa Parkinson thank you so much for sharing your insights on Let's Go Tokyo today no thank you